Welcome to Mommy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary, and kids are definitely creepy. Hey, Carol. Hi. How you doing? Oh, I'm ready to talk about Carrie. Carrie. 1976 Had a funky montage Getting our suits Getting our tuxes Maybe a t-shirt Nobody knows Just a suit Just a suit Just need a suit Couple of cut-ups Who only have ten bucks What'll they wear? Nobody knows Till it's suit time At the tuxedo montage place They're 35 years old And in high school So it should be okay They, spoiler alert, got those tuxes just fine, and everybody had fun at prom. Well. Was that a good song? Uh, I don't know if it ever, everyone had fun at prom. <laughs> uh, I know that girl in the baseball hat did, that bitch. Oh, uh, just ch- chomping that gum. You know she's a real piece of shit, the way she chews her. You know what the real thing with her is? Can you imagine how much she must regret the decision to wear that hat to prom? Oh, but she does. Yeah, she regrets a lot about going to prom. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Welcome. Mommy and Diddy. We are here to talk about Carrie. Creepy Carrie, creepy Carrie! <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fun fact number one of the oh. podcast. Yes, guess who recorded that uh, voiceover? We'll wait. I'm asking you, Josh. Oh, hi. Uh, I saw it in the credits. I imagine it's Brian De Palma's son. Uh, no, it was Betty Buckley, the gym teacher. That was her voice. Mm-hmm. He, his son, just plays the kid on the bike. Yes, and it's her. It's the gym teacher's voice. Oh, what do you think his real voice sounds like? Do you think it sounds like the nerd from The Simpsons, like the? <laughs> that would have been fine mystery drop your taco in the fryer it's like i can't do the voice anymore it's been a long time since i guess i've watched any simpsons in real life you wouldn't think it i don't think about it but yes that is the voice of the gym teacher um and multi-talented i have, I have so much to say about this movie i'm so excited how are you doing thanks for asking I'm doing all right. Um, We, this afternoon, of course, got the news that our school has finalized its reopening plans. Our preschool. preschool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's just... Woo and boo go to preschool. And it's just babies through pre-K. And, um, yeah, it's been quite an afternoon because it was dropped on us rather suddenly that they're opening... Um, in just less than two weeks. But now that I've talked to a couple friends, like their schools reopened and gave them even less notice. So I'm like, all right, whatever. But I just, I feel like it's, it's going to be difficult to talk about this on the podcast without going down a really 
twisty, turny road that's political. And, you know, we've kind of already talked about a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff already. And I, I feel like I know I could go down a rabbit hole right now with so many of us having to choose between making money and staying healthy. And w- this is what I've come to. This is what I keep trying to tell Carol myself. went for a walk before dinner. <laughs> well, I did go for a walk, but I was um, like stress yawning the whole time. I really want to know if anybody else does this because I was like not that tired. I've been getting, I mean, the most sleep of my life, really. Um, <laughs> usually. Like... She sleeps most days. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, would, I would do between like six and seven hours in my normal life. And now it's right. between eight and nine. For sure. Consistently. Um, it's a little scary. But anyway, I was like stress yawning during this walk. And of course, I convinced myself that that was like a symptom of COVID because your oxygen levels. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what else do you do on a walk by yourself? Um, But no, actually, just just in preparation for discussing this on the podcast and and school and and everything um, is that, you know, because we're, we're wrestling with like we we don't really know what we're going to do yet. We kind of have an idea, but we're wrestling with the fact that our kids aren't school age, you know, like we they don't have to be in school. And I could start working. I I'm a producer and I make commercials. Um and I you know, that's all starting up again now in LA. So we're not quite sure what we're going to do, but I think that the responsibility of people who have a choice is to make the safer choice you know we right now we do have a choice it's tough but it's like right for it's as close lo- to not a choice yeah it's, it's like choice. for as long as we can i'm hoping we can keep everybody at home yeah and it's it stinks because it's you know we're not sure if we're you know gonna lose our space at school or yeah i'm not gonna be working but i'm not sure how long that will be and we'll keep you posted listeners but um or like what unemployment will look like going forward yeah those benefits have expired it's also i mean it's just weird it's funny that funny it's hilarious that it all came to a head in the last you know two weeks that this is now happening after that stuff has expired cases spike around the country to take it out of the theoretical and put it in the practical real world thing you actually just do have to look at all of those factors but i I mean i agree yeah it's just it's a centering thing of like okay if you can make a choice do the safer thing you know Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I do think it's also different. Like the thing that was helpful to think about that we talked about off mic. We talked a lot about this off mic already, but like. um, I never talked to you off mic, but. We, yeah, this (laughs) one we made special. (laughs) Close the door (laughs) from the kids' concessions to talk about what the hell are we doing. But um, how have you, like we have some friends where both parents are teachers and they have to go back to school virtually. So that means they have a responsibility to all these other kids. So the notion that they're going to put their kids in childcare is probably the best choice for them because that's just sort of like the least complex thing and least risky because they're not leaving the house for their work. You know, I do think people are, there's plenty of other people in a much more difficult position of, I have to go back to work. So we're, we're just adding to the exposure versus people who 
in our position where work is not like a given for you. Like it will be an option, but it's kind of like we have, we have the luxury of being able to decide when you start again. And that's where like making the choice becomes a choice. It is a, it's a, but it's a complex, it's just a, it's a thorny, thorny old bush of a problem that everyone is going to have to deal with in their own way. And I wish it was more straightforward. And I wish that we lived in a country where, uh, no, I wish just our country supported the idea of just keeping everyone safe over the economy. I hope everyone's able to make safe choices out there. Yeah. We really hope everybody who's listening, I hope everybody's doing okay. And thank you for listening. Yeah. We got a lot of uh, likes on our carry post, and I'm hoping that people are enjoying the podcast. Yeah. I hope you're excited for this one. hope you enjoyed your watch or your rewatch. Yeah. I hope you watched the 1976 version and not the remake. In that case. Or The Rage, Carrie 2. Yeah. You got some work to do. Um, A neighbor's baby is crying. If you hear that in the background, it's not our baby. You hear that? Not my kid. Um, How are you doing? Anything else you want to talk about? What else is cooking? Uh, Yeah. It's just, it's just that stuff, you know? I I otherwise have been having a really nice week with the kiddos. This is the first week since quarantine started that I haven't made a little schedule for us. I've been trying to like think of this as like a summer vacation. And it's a little, it's difficult because the schedule is 100% for me and my sanity. Like even if we don't follow it, it's like I have this anchor of like an art project or a science thing or like a... An activity like going to the going to Griffith Park, which is massive, and we can just kind of walk around and not really even see anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do that this week, and I I feel a little um, untethered. The but, Huntington evenings—that's been a fun regular yeah. thing that we've started in between the last episode and this one. Yep, going to the Huntington for their evening strolls. I will say it does require a bit of prior planning um, because you have to sign in. <laughs> You have to sign into their website like exactly at noon on Tuesdays to get a ticket. And I'm yeah, it's just kind of intense. Like I missed it today, but I still got us reservations for Saturday and we can just go and walk around there. And I will say for anybody who is in the L.A. area who's wanting to do something like that, the gardens, Descanso and Huntington and the Arboretum, we've talked about it before, We all felt very safe. We've we have felt very away from people, and all the protocols that they're that they're doing at the at the gardens have been yeah really like putting your mind at ease. Even having to take the kids to the restroom once a visit has been totally fine. I hardly ever even see anyone. Yeah, they're doing bag and temperature checks there, but they're also allowing you to bring in snacks and picnic stuff, mm-hmm. which is unique. They never allowed that before. It's a little stuffy, the Huntington. Um, old Pasadena, um, famously moneyed area of Los Angeles County. But the Huntington now, it's made it a little bit more like, um, made it feel a little bit more welcome and like the Garden of Victorian Delights that it is, where you can bring in some grapes and have someone feed them to you on a blanket whilst uh, your children run about chasing butterflies or whatever they did when you know you're just waiting to die from consumption so i mean um, it's pretty similar yeah um yeah so that's been good and um we cleared off 
our little train table and made it into a Lego table, which then freed up some other real estate in the shared space that we all try to inhabit and feel comfortable in with all the toys. I mean, I feel like all of us at home with kids have got to just be like drowning in toys. Um, It's made the floor less like a minefield of caltrops or whatever, you know, those like spiky things that they'd throw down for like horses to step on in medieval times. <laughs> oh, I, thought, just like, I thought caltrops was a word for one of the pieces of, of Legos. Like, Oh yeah. Like, it's a <laughs> six, three Oh eight five. Yeah. Um, it's a green caltrop. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that has been pleasant and, you know, just kind of hanging out in our little inflatable pool and letting the kids just run around and, you know, just trying to take it easy because I feel like if they're not going to be starting up school right away, I'll probably get back to like more lesson-y things in September. So I kind of want to have us all have a little vacation. Any highlights of um, science or art projects lately that you've concocted that, you've, that you'd recommend? Yeah, there's um, these dino eggs that are made out of baking soda and, you know, you put food coloring in the baking soda Put a little water in there, make it a paste, stick a little dino figurine in there and wrap it up. You can get a cool pack of like a tube of like 20 of plastic dinosaurs at a Target for like four bucks, it turns out. Yeah. And then you just wrap them up in plastic wrap. I mean, it's, eh, I don't know. It was, it, it occupied them for like 10 minutes and that is a long time. But you had Wu help you make them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, a little bit. At least a little bit. that yeah. kind of occupied the two of you for some of... Yeah, like we, his... we we made them, and then the next day, after they had been in the freezer all night, we we used vinegar in little pipettes, um, but you could use a spoon or whatever to, to melt them, and um, they had a blast. It was great. I will post that on our in our show notes. It's uh, from that Little Bins, Little Hands website that a lot of parents are probably very familiar with. Yeah, so... Let's recap this Let's movie. Recap this movie. Now, there is a website you've heard us talk about before. It's called Rotten Tomatoes, and we're not using that today. <laughs> okay, so like many of the older movies, there are a lot of summaries on IMDb for this What's movie. That? Oh, the Internet Movie Database. It's pretty handy. You should cool. check it out. Yeah, it's yeah, it, 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 most of the movies that have ever been made <laughs> in one database um and you found this it was the library they've been doing curbside pickup you just go there to get this or yeah i just picked up the the tomes yep so this is the c volume of the internet movie database yep it is a good joke so (laughs) (laughs) there are so many and then okay so the the very first one i won't bore you the first five are so bad no read all five I know. There's one that's so long and so deliciously bad, but I won't. I don't want to take up the time. It would take so long to read it, but I will read the first one real quick before we get to the real one. Okay. Uh, This comes from us from Tanum underscore 86. Ah, new player, young gun. (laughs) Yeah. 35-year-old. Yeah. Um, 34-year-old. Okay. Carrie White, a shy, friendless teenage girl who was sheltered by her domineering religious mother, unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. That's a solid summary for yep. one sentence. So I have to give 
Tanum86 some credit for that. But I kind of want you to read the last one by Will. Ah, uh, William. Mm, I, I wouldn't go so far to call him William. His name is Will. Will. We too. Carrie White is the outsider of her class. She's a mousy girl. All of her classmates hate her. And her mother is a religious fanatic who walks around in a black cape. After she unexpectedly has her first period, she is teased by the girls more ruthlessly than before. The gym teacher punishes the girls that were involved, and one of them, Sue Snell, feels sorry for what she did and asks her boyfriend to take Carrie to the prom instead of her. But another girl that has been banned from the prom, Chris Harginson, isn't so forgiving and hatches an evil plan with her boyfriend that involves Carrie and a bucket full of pig's blood. But what none of the students realize is that Carrie has the power of telekinesis, the power to move things with your mind, and that when you make her angry, she transforms from an innocent girl to a rage-filled monster. And this is going to be a prom no one will ever forget. Well... <laughs> That was great. That's great. I like that Will sells it a little bit at the yeah. end, like he's doing yeah. his cable access review show yeah. and tosses in a little, you know, three well, stars. This is going to be a prom no one will ever forget. Yeah. And <laughs> and they, almost all of the summaries do something like that. And I think it's because you're not supposed to do spoilers in the summary. Oh, but they can't help themselves. They like yeah. to tease it. They like to string you along a little bit, let you know there's, yeah. don't worry, there's more to this movie than meets the eye. Just in case you don't know what happens in Carrie. Yeah. Like, come on. It's like on the poster. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. good God. We'll certainly talk about it, of course. But I had forgotten that this movie is one giant set piece. Yeah, it in my memory, yeah. I'm certainly conflating it with some other movie of the time. I thought there was more to it. Well, there's a lot more to it in the book, for sure. I never read the book. Well, it's the first Stephen King adaptation to film. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I th wow. That means like then there was like a just a tear of. Yeah. Like to a year for a decade or something. Yeah. I mean, forever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Still stopped. now today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the shining movie that just came out um oh yeah you know it's Doctor it's sleep it's not ending stephen king has said that he likes the ending of the movie better than the book oh he has been like why would you ever remake this movie it's so good like he loves this movie he was delighted he said that's cool yeah, I think that that's pretty rare. Like he's Hates pretty, everything. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I actually, when, when I was looking up stuff for this movie, I found a good quote about it. This is on a it's website. from Will. It's from Will. It's my buddy. Um, this is a website called deepfocusreview.com. Okay, I had pulled a quote that's all about like the female sexuality part of this movie but it kind of goes into the differences between the book and the movie so i'll just start here okay and while an argument could be made against carrie for its voyeuristic tendencies de palma and cohen the writer have intentionally muted carrie's prevalent psychic abilities overly emphasized in king's book to create a direct correlation between her emotional state and supernatural outbursts, tr transforming the character into a distinctly human protagonist whose fragile psyche gives way to her telekinetic re retaliation. 
where King's book featured a mysterious, seemingly unholy version of Carrie White, who could create meteor showers and scan people's minds telepathically, the film considers Carrie and her abilities defined by her delicate state, tremendous emotions, and abhorrent persecution as a woman. So, huh. yeah, she's way more powerful in the book. That tracks. Yeah. I see that. And, like, that also makes the book a much different story if you're trying to tell the kind of the origin story almost almost kind of like an omen type of origin story of the antichrist or something where it's about someone's abilities sort of like where it's about a person with tremendous ability just coming of age in a small town you know it's more of that kind of thing mm-hmm. than it is about specifically this you know these specific powers coming to bear it seems because like Carrie to me, I was, it obviously starting with her getting her period always felt like a coming of age story, like the, mm-hmm. you know, like the challenges of change in your life and, and how like insane that time can feel. And I think that there's, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I like, like that. More. This as a book, the movie as a book, if it was just that would be pretty short. Yep. So, um, 80 pages, Stephen King's famously favorite length for books. <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, we chose this movie because it's a classic. We wanted to do another classic. And mm-hmm. we have been talking a lot about how grown up our kids seem right now, like the two-nager, three-nager, four-nager thing. But it turns out that the ages in this movie are all over the place. So this is kind of a perfect thing. No, we don't have older kids right now. They're quite young, but the people in this movie are very old playing these high schoolers. Tremendously old. They must have been reaching back into their psyches or like talking to nieces and nephews and neighbors and stuff <laughs> about how to play these characters real. Yeah. Um, Sissy Spacek was 26 when she was Carrie. And all of the teenagers, quote unquote, are like in their 20s. Uh, the craziest thing to me was the gym teacher, Miss Collins. She was 28 when they filmed this. So she was two years older than Sissy Spacek. Wow. Yeah. The, yeah. I'll read that listicle any day of the week about the, the graduate thing. Yeah. That uh, Mrs. Robinson was like two years younger than Dustin Hoffman or something. Right. Um, Not to mention Greece where they're all like in their 40s. Yeah. 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 And then Edie mcclure is it who's um oh yeah ferris bueller like she's in this grace from ferris bueller's day yeah And, and she's like so they're all so old it's crazy but she plays a teenager in this she plays um one of the other high school students and just making edie mcclure faces throughout carol spotted it a mile away it was amazing and just like she's so so old then mm-hmm. does not look at all like a high schooler. I I mean, it's, I, I obviously they they have because of all the nudity, they had to get adults to play these high school students. Yeah, because what would this movie be without that shower se- opening sequence? Um, well, I guess um, the people who were in that opening sequence, they did not want to do the nudity until they saw Carrie's scene. Oh. Yeah, so he so Brian De Palma like filmed the scene with Sissy Spacek 
basically like masturbating and like getting her period is this like deluge of blood, which um it's pretty funny. But um I at least kind of took that as like maybe it was because there was also shower water, kind of like in yeah. Jaws, like the when the deck of the boat is all awash with blood and water. It's just sort of like Right. But it's a ridiculous Which would be the opposite. But so um it would just be like diluted. But anyway, right. so they sh- so she he filmed that without anybody else there and then he showed it to them and was like this is this is why you know like how artistic it is and how like sensual it is and how like it wasn't pornographic you know like right it wasn't like them all slapping each other on the butts with towels i mean it's also completely unrealistic for what happens in actual locker rooms but beyond well, yeah that, because they're cho- in in high school you're like a child and not a 25 year old woman who's like fully developed that's true <laughs> you kill for that giant bush in high right. school <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, speak for yourself josh um <laughs> so i just mean like when i was in high school the last thing on earth you would ever do is use those group showers ever Oh no! Ever. Oh, it was like a no man's land. I remember one person using it, and we were all like, <gasps> the "Fuck is wrong with you?" Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, the ages are all over the place. It's pretty funny. This is John Travolta's like first big role. Oh yeah, sure. The the girl who plays Sue Snell, mm-hmm. who was later in the Fury, which is like the like. Well, it's our other door to this journey of watching Carrie was oh yeah so I we we tried to watch The Fury by Brian De Palma because I found it and I was like oh I've never seen this it has Kirk Douglas it has John Cassavetes and it's all about telekinesis and I and I read that there were kids in it but I yeah kids with tele with yeah telekinetic powers yeah yeah so I I thought it would be good for the podcast but not only was it not good for the podcast it's a horrible movie and i've read so we didn't finish it because it was so bad but um that's who we are now time Um, is limited yeah we were like no thank you but i read that it has some like really gory ending and now i want to finish it all right we'll finish it in a really like masochistic way but i now i'm like oh now i need to know like if if the ending is the thing of that movie but it Anyway, right. the movie sucks. It still sucks. It doesn't know what it is. And it's also like we still have like an hour and a half left. And the kids, regardless, it won't end up on this show. You can watch it in your le- at your leisure time, everyone. Uh, because like the kid characters, there's no parent-kid connection. And right. that's always what we're looking for. If you ever want to recommend a movie to us, just know that that's sort of the line. So like, even though there isn't a ton of parenting in Carrie, there's plenty of... Uh, there's parenting stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Because yeah. there's plenty of parent figures in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, but so Sue Snell, Amy Irving, she was originally cast as Carrie. And I, I'm just trying, I love the those stories if oh, they're yeah. true. Because there is like this rumor that they were casting for Star Wars at the same time they were casting for Carrie and like basically they swapped because Carrie Fisher wouldn't do nudity and Carrie Fisher has dispelled that rumor. She's like, I would totally have done it. That's total. It's just a, it's just not true. But even if it were, I would have done it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Or like Tom Selleck was going to be Indiana Jones, right? No, Han Solo. Oh yeah. No, not Tom Selleck. Um, 
Burt. Oh, Burt Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah. The other mustache of the eighties. Yeah, Burt Reynolds almost played, almost was cast as Han Solo. Yeah, but anyway, I love picturing that because. Oh no, but Tom Selleck almost played Indiana Jones. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole funny. I thought you were referencing something else. Everyone wanted a mustached hero, and no one got one, and we're all better for it. <laughs> Turns out, two people did. But yeah, the, all those like what ifs are always fascinating. Um, so no need to watch the fury. There were a lot of movies that this movie launched that were all about telekinesis. And, uh, that's not a good one. There are very few that are as good as this one. It's also weird that Brian De Palma decided like his next thing he was going to do. This came out. Fury came out two years later. would be like another Mm -hmm. kids with telekinesis movie. And last little thing before we get into some parenting things. Do you know that Brian De Palma was married to Nancy Allen? No. The actress who plays Chris. Yeah. Crazy. Just for like a few years. He was married a few times. But I thought that was pretty crazy because she was in this and then she was in Dress to Kill. Wait, and what else did we talk about? RoboCop. She's from RoboCop. RoboCop. That's right. Which I think she's really good in RoboCop, isn't she? If memory serves, yeah. I want to I mean, revisit that. Yeah, absolutely. I I will rewatch that at any time. Um, but at this point, it's probably been, I don't know, 10 years since I've watched it. I watched it in my year of movies. Right. Ten year, nine years ago. Oh, God. Okay, you're right. All right. So getting to the parenting in Carrie. Mm. Um, her mom's not so great. I think the dad could be could be said to be a bad dad. Dad's a bad dad, wherever bad dad might be. <laughs> he left with another woman well before this uh, play unfolds. And the mom is uh, another Twin Peaks character. Yep. We're just rolling through the Twin Peaks. Alu- um, alumni? Yep. <laughs> the Twin Peaks lookbook. Yeah. Their database. <laughs> um. Yeah, Carrie's mom, played by Piper Laurie, who plays the regrettable. Um, oh Catherine, boy. is it? Okay. Catherine, who's God, like. She's the worst. She's also. She's the one you love to hate on Twin Peaks. So. She makes about as much of a meal out of this movie as John Travolta does it out of that PBR in the car. <laughs> you know, if you didn't rewatch Carrie, you really should just to watch John Travolta drink a beer while driving. It is just terrific. It's a, one of the scariest parts of the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's just awful. It's so, it's it's weird to even think about how he managed to get all this beer all over his face. Yeah. So fast. I'd read a book about it. Um, yeah. But Piper Laurie is really awful. Yeah, there's not too much to even say. Like, she's not... She's in a play in this movie and everyone else is in a movie. <laughs> yeah. She is really a dramatic. Um, oh, but. I do have a question. Are you. Yeah. Were you uh, go ahead. Sorry. I'll, no. I have another Piper Laurie thing. No. Yeah. Go ahead. I wanted to know because you'd read the book, Carrie, as a kid. C. And you called it C for short. Um, <laughs> and then had you seen the movie before that? No. Do you like which which one of these did you first where did you first hear the following? They're all gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. 
Could've got that. And Mom, this. I saw this great skirt at the mall today, but it was $34, which isn't that high of a price, but I was nervous to buy it. What do you think? No! Really? I really like They're it. They're all gonna laugh at you! Oh, Mom, who is? They're all gonna laugh at you! Mom, you're so paranoid. No! Do you know what that is? <laughs> well, I thought that they did a They're All Gonna Laugh at You parody on The Simpsons. They may That may have gotten into The Simpsons, too. Yeah. I definitely heard the parody first, is, is what you're asking. Yes. Yes. It's from that first Adam Sandler album, which is also called They're All Gonna Laugh at You. Oh, got it. Okay. From a terrible sketch. It's called something like, Hey Mom. And it's basically two minutes of just him screaming that anytime like a room full of children ask for anything. Got it. Um, well, it was just in the, it's in the zeitgeist, right? Like I definitely knew about that before seeing the movie and probably didn't even know that it was from Carrie. Completely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had no, I remember being blown away by the time I finally saw Carrie and mm-hmm. being like, oh, that's what they meant. And it's such like a throwaway moment. Like she says it pretty quietly. Like she's not even, it's like a two shot. She's not, it's not even a close up of her. Like it's not, yes. it's, it has become iconic, but maybe just because of Adam Sandler. I don't know. My like Firefox pocket or whatever that homepage is that creepily recommends articles to right. you. Mm-hmm had a thing from mental floss today that was about like 10 examples of the Mandela effect. One of, or several of which were basically examples of things like that. Like that Hannibal Lecter never says hello, Clarice in silence of the lambs. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly that they're all going to laugh at you is some, like even when I pulled it from the film, I had to pull it from like when she is spiraling out after she gets the, pig's blood dumped on her head yeah um it is strange how that happens how somehow those lines get pulled out as iconic yeah, yeah. when yeah they barely are it's barely mm-hmm. audible the first time yeah like you would think that like plug it. it up plug it up you would think that people would reference that all the time but like I mean, now I will. Right. Um, oh, we should also never forget the other like comedy launch pad that this movie started, which was... Get her done, man. Get her done. Fertile ground here. Mesopotamia. Some of the greatest comedy of our time. <laughs> I spent most of middle school, I guess it would have been, bootlegging that Adam Sandler tape and selling copies good for you for a dollar you're a regular girl in the baseball hat aren't you a little micro yeah, just snap <laughs> that gum <laughs> micro i'm your best friend you know did you have micro bangs too mm, just micro machines <laughs> so okay uh the mom as i was doing my little research for this movie i was wondering and i can't remember in the book and i don't think this was a thing but the case could be made that the mom has like psychic abilities that she's not really aware of or like maybe she because she says things like that like they're all gonna laugh at you or she says like i might have known your dress would be red and it's not it's pink and it's like is she oh i don't know i love that that's my like little hot take here on carrie from 1976 but um i don't think it's a thing in the book that it's like i think the mom's pretty powerless as far as superpowers go. But it could be cool in that, like, oh, my God, what movie? Oh, Insidious does that, where he's like, 
you were the psychics like you have the power too to astral project you know and it's like oh, oh right uh, anyway yeah. the shine yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh and that too we're like jack also ha- yes we're like jack and the mm-hmm. shining also has it and there's the whole theory what a whatever so um yeah check out episode i don't know seven or something <laughs> i think we talk about that a little bit there mm-hmm. so let's talk about the mom let Would us. you like to talk about some tactics, some parenting oh, tactics? Oh, boy. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, look, if your kid is making, like, crucifixes and effigy of you in, in their That's not a crucifix. Space, That's St. Sebastian. I thought so, too. But isn't it ultimately the mom at the end? And, like, because you know, it just, has its arms extended, yeah, not tied behind it. So... The, I think the thing is supposed to be... No, he, so does the statue. The statue's arms are out. Oh, okay. But it's not... It's like a common misconception that that is Christ on the cross. And it is not. Anyway. Mm, okay. Well, my thing that I really wanted to talk about was timeouts. And mm. how we all know how ineffective they are. I mean, we don't all know because it's hard. And Lord knows we're in the time of like being at our wits end and trying, you know, whatever feels like it might work to get your kids mm-hmm. under control, as you might try to say. Um, and there is a difference between, say, giving your kid, say, time in their room if, if they're lacking the ability to interact with everyone else or if they're, like, causing trouble. Yeah. Taking your kid out of a situation... That's a good thing. ...is a good thing. Like, right. I think that is not done enough but then to say like you have x amount of time in the space away from me as a punishment i mean nothing i've i've noticed so much how in this time woo especially has no concept of time right and so woo no concept woo is our over 4 year old at this point just for those of you newer to the show he's 18 he's 18 years old no concept of time this kid you tell him that we're all eating dinner at six he doesn't show up till god knows when 8 15 dinner's cold but it's in the oven get it but really he's four booze two and a half no concept of time continue so i think about that like when um because i i hear other parents using timeouts and it's sort of like a it's an acceptable thing that sure. that people do, but I don't think it's really working for people in the same way that yelling isn't working. And from the things that we read and listen to, it seems like it's because you aren't using that conflict as a way of like connecting with your your child. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, now I feel like I'm really speaking the language of like that, that upbringing podcast because I've been listening to it a lot. But like your child's actions and emotions like shouldn't be punished. And I mean, I think it also something that really brings it into the carry zone is it introduces shame so quickly yes. as a punishment. And it's assuming really that your child in those immediate actions is acting rationally and that they should therefore be like that by punishing them, by giving time to think about what they've done right? and shaming them into like, when you remember 
how much of an asshole you are just being. You're going to yeah. come out of here so obedient. Right. We won't, we won't know what hit us. Right. And that is just not developmentally accurate. And yeah, great point though about the like no concept of, of time. Because what would what's yeah. a minute or 20 minutes or God knows how long Carrie was locked under those stairs. But uh, yeah. how... It's a completely ineffective thing, even if it does give you some reprieve. It all has to do with the approach. And certainly, I think we also all use the language of previous generations still, I think, I use the royal we. So, like, things like timeouts that I think might not have the same effect that, like, our parents' generation would, where it really was about that, like, think about what you've done, as much as it might just be like, I need a breather. Everyone here needs a breather. You clearly do. You're going to go to your room for a few minutes, and we're just going to, like, hit the reset button Mm -hmm. is, like, a fair thing to do. But if the idea is that you think that your kids are going to, like, learn a lesson in there, Yeah, but even if you're just, like, trying to take a time out for everybody, like, doing that together and kind of sitting with it and... Yeah, I don't know. Just like sending your kid away from you. It doesn't reinforce the like the right. Yeah, it's not going to get you anywhere. It might buy yeah. you buy you some time, but not enough. Right. It no, it seems to me more almost like taking a headache medicine to put off a headache, right? That's all it is. It's going to give you this little bubble that maybe and maybe that is all you really need and you still ultimately will have to talk through the thing, address it again when it happens again, because it will, with all of us, doesn't matter how you react in the moment, it's going to happen again. But all that's really doing otherwise is just buying you a few spare minutes, but it's not actually helping it. And maybe it's making it worse. Yeah. I'm not a child psychologist. Yeah. I mean... If there's anybody listening who like is a big fan of timeouts, that's the thing. I never, I never hear people being like timeouts. That's yeah. the key, you know. That's like, mommy's cocktail time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like I yell at my kids. They love it. I love it. Everybody's mm-hmm. great. Um, the behavior has totally turned around. But yeah, kind of just reframing it all instead of thinking of it as yeah, shame, punishment. Ugh. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And so, reflection. They lack they lack introspection. They are not Yeah, because they they're yeah, it's not like they're doing those things on purpose for whatever. But I was gonna say, so Boo, we've been calling him Banshee. I mean, really for his whole life since he's been vocalizing his emotions um at all, he is just a, a shrieker. He's he's Mariah Carey level like window shattering and it hurts our ears. It makes, I feel like we may have talked about this on the podcast before, but like it makes Woo cry. It's really hard. And sometimes I do have to like take him out of where we all are together. And, mm-hmm. you know, I try to. I put my hand over his mouth before, which well, I know you are yeah. not supposed to do. I know that, but we don't do that anymore. That was like when we really had no mm-hmm. idea how to deal with it. Well, when it's in a pinch and we've all been like in close quarters, like we're standing in the hallway, I have had to just go like, oh, he's going to do, now I know he's going to do it so many times. You can tell when he's winding up to start. So I have done it like twice. Mm. But again, even that is a, it's a no, no, but it is a stopgap just to like, all right, I got to get this out of here. Cause it, it, I can feel it's like a rumble. It's like a blown speaker in my ear when he yeah. screeches. It's nuts. 
Yeah. Also, Banshee, I think, is another Chris Claremont uh, X-Men creation. Oh, funny. You, do you want to talk about it? Sure. I mean, he's. Just, I think he ripped off Carrie. I think Chris Claremont, for our comic nerds out there, is a uh, hack who has gotten way more credit than he deserves. He did the... He wrote the Dark Phoenix saga for X-Men, which is a very famous storyline in X-Men. Um, and I just believe that Dark Phoenix was just a part of the telekinesis boom boom of uh, the post carry <laughs> Boom, yelled boo. Um, and yeah, he's a little hack. I'm pretty sure he invented Banshee as well. I don't have to look it up. He did create a lot of characters, but yeah. his stories suck. Well, yeah. Banshee's not like a famous character. So. No, I don't think so. Um, I and I I wasn't even saying that as far as uh, X Men go. I was saying it more of just like a folklore Banshee. Sure, a will of the wisp. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of whimsy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I I've been trying new tactics, and I'm trying to get to like the underlying need there, like when he feels like he's not being heard, but. I think it's all about your response to it. Like, I am i don't think I can get ahead of him screeching. No. Um, but I think that as long as I just stay calm and, you know, try to give him a little bit more attention. It was like dying down there for a while. But anyway, I, I think there's a difference between like a removing. Yeah. Removing a kid from a situation is a good thing when it's not working. But we don't really have to deal with that too much anymore because we're never out in a place around people. So, yep. <laughs> so we hope um, our neighbors know at this point that screeching means he's alive. There's yeah. nothing to be alarmed about. It should be your everything yeah. is okay alarm. Yeah. The, the other thing that I noticed about this movie with parenting is the lack of like role models and friends, older people people that Carrie had in her life to go to and she is really sheltered so it's not surprising that she can't lean on anybody but throughout the film the gym teacher Miss Collins who is two years older than Sissy Spacek (laughs) she kind of like takes Carrie under her wing now she does that in the first scene by slapping Carrie in the shower when she can't calm down about her period um, and then like belittling her to the principal afterwards explaining what's going on as she's smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah. Um, in her short shorts with the disgusting period blood on them that is grossing out this principal. Right. So it's it's no shock that Carrie still trusts her, even though she's abusive to her, because it's just a cycle that's repeating itself. Mm-hmm. So when we when we watch this movie my sister, my older sister, Donna, had come over and she was going to watch Carrie too to to listen to the podcast. And she was like, but, you know, there's the gym teacher. The gym teacher cares about Carrie. And I'm like, no, you need to you need to like pay attention to that character this time around when you watch it, because, yes, she helps Carrie a little bit, but she physically abuses her. She belittles her in front of other people and Carrie, she's like totally not understanding, even though she does know about Carrie's mom being a religious fanatic, she's totally non-empathetic. And then when she's trying to convince her to go to the prom, she like holds Carrie in front of this mirror and she's like, you're pretty if you, Mm. you know, 
got your hair out of your face or if you like look, you know, tilted your chin up or if you like put on some lipstick, you know. And also like do a normal thing. Won't being normal be so great for you? Right. Like just change yourself, fit in. And it just got me thinking about the people in your child's life that they can go to that's not you that are role that role model isn't the word and mentor isn't the word but just like somebody else that you trust that if your child was scared to talk to you about something they could go to this other older person and i don't yeah shout out on cynthia on Cynthia yeah. that was your person you think oh yeah for all of my siblings mm-hmm. and I unquestionably yeah yeah I would say that Still is. yeah I would say an, an aunt or an uncle is great like and I, I think about my sister Donna that way because she lives close by and she is in their lives you know she sees them once a week mm-hmm. um, and they're very close with her they trust her and I really trust her decision making and her and her you know her thoughtfulness with children totally and she still i think the key thing though is that she also clearly has like a different a different approach different relationship with them than we do so you don't see they wouldn't probably see her as like a confederate for us like Mm -hmm. meaning that anything they say to her that she'll just turn around and tell us that she probably would respect yeah. the, like the privacy of their own thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. If, if it was like, Hey, I like, I don't know why Yeah, I'm, you know, whatever I'm upset. I want to talk to someone. Yeah. Like as a parent, I feel like it's important that you know that you have that person or people in your child's life. So you've made space for that in your life. And you also are sort of facilitating it actively mm-hmm. but that it is somebody that yeah like that you've known their whole lives hopefully because then you get into the the area of like you know that's where a lot of abuse happens so it's like a, a tricky thing where like a, a close friend or relative can be mm-hmm. it can be tough but i think that like you ha- kind of have to trust yourself and your own judgment with that because if that person like comes about and you don't trust them then it's pretty then it can get pretty sticky Mm -hmm. so yeah it just got me thinking about that and i don't think it should be a teacher so i was trying to that's a great point i was trying to figure out like uh, you know is there any like writing on this is there any like have there been any articles or papers about this this topic? <laughs> I came across a uh, it was a on the first page of my Google search with this. I just kept on typing in like all those keywords, like mm-hmm. different combinations, trying to because I was trying to you know figure out the word for this, and um and I <laughs> came across this article that's. Um, the the title is student teacher friendships benefit both, and it struck me as odd because um, all the other articles were like um, be, you could tell were from like education um, and like universities like don't be friends with your students don't be friends with your students so many right. warnings so 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 many right so 
I was like, what's this article? And it is from a high school newspaper. I don't want to call it out because I I just feel bad. Okay. Um, you can Google it yourself. It's on the first page. Yeah. <laughs> I just wouldn't want to like be called out on some random podcast. Like, um, but it is weird that like high school newspapers are just online. That's so crazy to me. If if the, the stuff that I wrote in high school for the newspaper or whatever oh, yeah. were yeah, yeah, yeah. Gutenberg like, is rolling over in his grave. <laughs> well, the internet is written in ink. And so this is not, it's like, this is now, this poor person is, this is oh, yeah, it's on, like on the their, internet now. It's connected to like their LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, student-teacher friendships benefit both. And it's basically like, there's a stigma about students that are friends with their teachers. And some people call them like teacher's pet. But they shouldn't be like made fun of for this because teens get a lot out of their education um if they're friends with the teachers whatever and i'm like oh my gosh this person's totally banging one of their teachers so cute or wants to or wants to and it's like oh no you're wrong i mean of course you should be no this is all about words mattering they do yes you can have a mentor and you can have a good relationship with your teacher, but you should not be friends with your teacher. That is tricky. Yep. It's a line not to cross because it is, I mean, who boy, we talk about power dynamics in the workplace all the time. It's something that comes up a lot in my work in the music mm-hmm. business because there's a comes in from a lot of like unexpected places. There's a lot of gray lines between like uh, our staff and artists and people in the industry and like other like people in the industry who might also sort of be clients of ours through the way we have certain deals structured artists and their teams of third party Mm -hmm. publicists and all that stuff. It's it's there are strange tentacles with it and it gets even weirder when then you introduce something like, an intern into the mix. And then, a, and when say right. a workplace thing might be something like going to a concert, which you might see as a benefit, but then like as a perk of your free labor, <laughs> but then it's also a work event and you could be put in a tough position and not know how to like handle that. Anyway, right. it's all like, it's, it boils down to favoritism, mm-hmm. you know, like my mom was a teacher and we didn't even go to the same school that she taught at. Cause she was so worried about favoritism she was so worried that we'd be treated differently that our grades wouldn't count. At, wow. Yeah. And I I mean, I feel like that's extreme. Most people just go to the same school where their parents teach, but it was really important to her that we like could own what we did. And that's that's what it boils down to, even if it's not, you know, you banging your teacher. But it's just like you have now kind of surrendered this you've you've Stepped across a line that is hard to come back from once, like, your friends see you hanging out at the mall with Miss Collins, the gym teacher. Yeah. You know? Dress shopping with Miss Collins is, like, a weird... Or what... It's yeah. just... Yeah. Like, you can have... You can have personal, like, discussions with them. You can have... But I do think it, like, it's certainly with students and teachers, it should stay in school yeah and to school related things boy that's gonna be like i feel like that must just be getting tougher every year 
because it oh, is. Yeah. But yeah, every like we're certainly like the kind of people who have had like close relationships with teachers at different points in school. I feel like mm-hmm. you know closer than probably your average oh totally. student. We but, were teachers' pet. You yes, might say. certainly. Um, to use the pejorative. Um, to me, it was always very clear. Yeah, just kind of what becomes inappropriate, even where even where it was impossible for it to become sexual. You know, I do believe that like that's not always the thing. It's more about like I remember uh, when a teacher offered students, he gave students his home phone number in case they were ever drunk at a party and needed a safe ride home. And um, and like I knew he meant it. Everyone knew that he meant it. By the way, he got tortured. Kids would get drunk and just call him constantly yeah. just to fuck with them. That's not wise. And but like it's also completely inappropriate. You and your school district could get sued yeah. for doing that kind of thing. Like the last thing on earth you should be even offering. You should advise them to have a safe ride home. You could acknowledge that drinking yeah. happens. It sounds like the teacher wanted to take advantage of drunk kids. No, he wanted to be the cool guy. He wanted to be the cool teacher. Yeah. He, he did. Like still wanted to act like he's like our age. It's yeah. just it's sad. And I, you know, it's but it's also anyway, a lot of lines there. But yeah. I yeah, I think that's a great point. And it's hard, especially when you're that age, to know like as you're as you're developing these like broader interpersonal relationships, and it might feel like there are those times when like you can't trust anyone. Like you might mm-hmm. hate all of your friends and whatever. And it's like this teacher is the only one who gets me, <laughs> right. likes my, you know, short stories or whatever. And that's not um but it's it's just it's a false I don't know. It's like a mirage of like uh yeah. an oasis there. You need to yeah. be be weary mm-hmm. of that and do what you can. And that's but like to your point about to as a parent, then it's why it's important to be able to foster normal i'll say in air quotes or loosely because what the hell does that mean relationships with adults to give them adults in their lives who they yeah who aren't their parents who yeah aren't their teachers that are just like a neutral party that they trust Mm -hmm. um yeah well let's let's stay in the stay in this high school realm oh sure um, because I've got an interview with a vamparent. Oh you. my goodness, no way. Interview with a vamparent. Wow. Okay, so it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> One of the um something that this movie hinges on is Tommy. What's his name? John Travolta? No, Tommy Tommy Ross. Oh yeah, Tommy Ross's beautiful hair. Tommy Ross's hair is a scene stealer. Oh my goodness. It's so ridiculous. Um, he spends he spends 45 minutes to an hour on that hair every morning, and everybody thinks it's just easy peasy. He wakes up like that. I can tell you he does not. He does not. He certainly sleeps with a hairnet most nights if he he's does. trying to preserve that thing. Absolutely. And if can you imagine if Piper Laurie met him in this movie, how furious she would have been simply mm-hmm. at his hair? Oh yeah, that's just that's all she wants to do to tame those frizzles is to get well, those she had tight some frizzles curls. herself. That's what I mean. It to got, tame. Well, her hair got frizzier and frizzier as the movie went on. Yes, is to indicate her craziness. Yeah. Well, Tommy Ross was a nice, smooth um, operator in this movie. Um, oh yeah. He so the kind of high school kid parents love. Yeah, and he's like a shout out Eric Wagner, shout out Sid. 
<laughs> these are definitely like charmers. These are your yeah, he's, eighth grade charmers. Yep. He's he's a all-American kid. Anyway, the movie hinges on him agreeing to take Carrie to the prom because Sue Snell it feels guilty that she was part of this horrific locker scene with Carrie and in a really weird and like quiet way she asks she asks Tommy to take Carrie to the prom and the whole time you're not really sure if she's in on this prank that Chris is pulling right because she's friends with her she tells she tells Chris to fuck off or something during the like punishment detention part mm-hmm. but you're still like not sure what her deal is and right. i don't she think that was intentional reluctantly pulling the strings or something yeah you don't really find out until the end that she's not for sure not part of it but anyway so she asks tommy to take carrie to the prom and it takes a couple scenes but he says he'll he'll do it and then he ends up like i guess really liking her fucking making out with her on the and like kisses floor. her and i don't know it's it so strange um, but my question for you is when let's say you are a week to the day, two weeks out, maybe from okay. prom. So you are ready for senior prom. I've certainly booked my tuxedo rental. <laughs> yes, you have months Those, ago. That elastic waistband windbreaker tuxedo that <laughs> No you ruffles. Two hundred dollars for. Oh my god! It's such a. Oh my god! It's such a scam. It's crazy. And and anyway, we can talk about that later. We can talk about prom after this. But okay. my question for you is: Everything's lined up. Your girlfriend asks you to take a the the least popular girl, the girl who is there's graffiti on the wall that says "blank eats shit." Yeah. And she asks you to take her to the prom instead of her. What do you do? No, I think it's so gross. It's such a, it's such a, um, boy, I wish I had the words for this. Like what it's all about them. It's only about making Mm -hmm. them try to feel better. Mm -hmm. And of course they love that. Boy, are we ever in a moment of that shit right now of Mm -hmm. this, uh, what's the word I'm like, it's, it's paternalism, right? You're you're saying like I can let me help you. I'll show you what being cool and normal is all about. You're gonna have mm-hmm. the best night of your life. I'll sweep you off your mm-hmm. feet. But what if this unpopular girl turns out to be a total had, hottie when she gets well, a makeover? <laughs> no, if she had had liked one of your poems in class well, that everybody else was poem. laughing at, including the douchebag teacher. Oh yeah, from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Um, he, uh, so you're like, well, she did like my poem. Yeah, no, not at all. I would you still take your girlfriend to the problem? Would you dump her? <laughs> oh, good question. It would depend on, I guess, on where things were at at that time. I would still take you're her. Like, no, I'm saving myself for my future wife, Carol. <laughs> I would have taken my girlfriend. Absolutely. Oh, um, yeah. You would have forgiven her for being a selfish bitch. Oh, well, she's trying to do the right thing but it's misguided and it's an 
idiotic way <laughs> you would to have just, told her and it's just like, in no uncertain terms that like if you're so upset at what you did why don't you just go why don't you go out to lunch with her go sit with her in the fucking cafeteria you know, i don't have to take her to prom i don't have to get pictures taken with her Good. and meet her mom like it's insane no, you're not gonna meet her mom that's for sure but he's he said he would he would you have passed the test josh you have passed the test thank you um you would have asked your high school boyfriend <laughs> or were you we, already carrying i think i was carrying <laughs> uh yeah my boyfriend would have been like um all right like no he wouldn't ask he wouldn't ask i thought you were gonna ask me if i would have uh murdered a pig with a sledgehammer or i would have just gone to a butcher shop or the deli section of a supermarket and just said hey do you have any pig guts i can have and no 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 because that seems like you, a I bizarre knew, i knew you'd murdered that story. pig yeah i would have murdered so i would use a bigger sledgehammer <laughs> um yeah that's a, a crazy thing i guess nancy allen has said that she she didn't realize that they were supposed to be like the real villains of the movie, like, or some of the villains. Mm -hmm. I think the mom is the actual villain, but like that she didn't realize that they were supposed to be so evil. Like she thought they were so, she thought it was, had to be a comedy. She was like, this, this isn't serious at all. This is so over the top. Wow. Yeah. So that's sad. Yeah. Um, I do actually have another question for you. She refused to believe it in the even though Brian Tapon was like, Can you play this seriously? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, sure. Seriously. Okay. I I got yeah. <laughs> Not another word. Well, sure we can do it again if you want. <laughs> um I want I wanna know. Oh wait. Sorry. Okay, okay, please. My interview is not over. Um, I just want to know how much money someone would have to pay you to go see the Broadway musical starring Betty Buckley, Miss Collins <laughs> as the mom because that happened. Uh, <laughs> for people who don't know, I hate musicals. Though you loved Hamilton. I did. It was very solid, very fun, um, stirring even. Um, I think as a format, it is utter trash and lacks, that's really rude that's so rude it lacks subtlety which i like in my art trash oh hmm. um all right well, and so how much would someone have to pay me the fact is i'll still go see anything i don't like beats but if someone tries to do the thing that everyone fucking does and say like have you ever had roasted golden beets they don't taste like a basement i'll say sure i'll have a bite of your dumb beets i mean i would go see this musical in a heartbeat because it sounds insane yeah like if, I, if i could like get super stoned and go see it no you can't no drugs oh then yeah like some matinee have to bring the kids <laughs> yeah we have to bring the kids um yeah no they just, just have to pay for the tickets that's all i'm there mm. i'll even pay for parking and snacks i'm in okay wow, yeah look at that well do i have a surprise for you yeah and i will and here's the other <laughs> thing if you take me to a musical i'm not there to bag on it I'm there to try to have fun and enjoy myself. That's true. You're a nice person. And I always hope I will. You know? I hope I'll find a love for beats someday. I just won't. It's okay. You might because your taste buds are going to degrade over time. And so you just won't realize it. Okay. Fair. 
Um, and then we can have that magical purple, like red pee that everybody talks about after they eat beets. Oh, that'll be great. I think that's your poop. Oh, poop? I think your poop also gets purple. Pee. Listeners. What a nightmare. <laughs> we don't eat beets. All right. It's time. <gasps> we have to rate this movie. Ah! Oh, boy. I'm so excited. All right. Do I pick an item first? <laughs> a rating scale? Sure. Okay. Oh, boy. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Duh. Okay. <laughs> How many foamy PBRs out of a sixer <laughs> do you give the movie? Are we doing the movie the first? Movie, yes. Or the movie. Carrie, 1976. Directed by Brian De Palma. Starring Susie Spacek and Piper Laurie. Um, I, and Tommy's hair. I give it... So the weird thing about these rating things is like, I'm sure I've I've been listening back to episodes and seeing what we've rated movies, so I'm just like, well, I'm not going to give it more than I gave, you know, movie oh. I really liked. But here's here's what I'll do. I, I would give it a four and a half. A five seems too much. Okay. But four and a half seems good. I I really like it. Um, it's it's such a classic film and i feel like it's it's very enjoyable i think that they i don't think you can do it again you know what i mean it's like i don't want to see a carrie remake it's it was a a great take on it and very suspenseful in in a really pleasurable way because you know exactly what's going to happen and you're so excited for everyone to die Oh, my sister said that it has the most kills. That's so crazy. Yeah, which um I'm sure I'm sure up to a certain point. I'm sure there are more now like the purge or something, right? Like right, there's yeah, gotta be. Some... Or like whatever. But um uh, it has two thousand twelve, some... like the movie about the maybe... end of the world. The mind yeah, calendar. Yeah, 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 sure. They it set some record for the most kills, um, which I thought was fun whenever that was. But I I love that. You know, like I love it when you're like, yes, mm-hmm. and you're so excited to see the thing. Um, but there were some major, major issues with it. He does this like split diopter thing with a lot of scenes where, and it's not split screen like at the end. It's this, the foreground is super close and then the background is really far away and there's like a fuzzy line in between it. And I guess it was some new thing that he was doing, but it's it looks like garbage. Mm-hmm. And um, there are just things like that that were really that really threw me off. And I wish had been, you know, but it's like it's great. You know, it's a mm-hmm. classic. It's it has its its things. But like, I love the end where sue snell is dreaming that she's going to visit the grave and she goes to put or not the grave the house right and she goes to put flowers on it like that scene i mean it's like so heathers there's so many things that i could see in this movie that you know that were so it's such an influential movie um how about you how many pbrs three three yeah yeah. i could even give it less i i like it i used to like it more Watching it now, the ins- there's yeah, like I, I just feel like there's insane story 
storytelling devices, weird shots throughout it, like insane storytelling devices. Like there's no need to say like, you can't go to prom unless you have a date, like thereby not allowing Sue to be present during prom. So what they can get closer. It's unclear. Like the fact that, you know, Mm -hmm. like you said, we don't know. I think it's a, it's an indication of bad storytelling or directing that like, you don't know if Sue is involved or that it's not made more obvious that you aren't supposed to know. Cause we were just asking each other watching it. Like, wait, is she in on this or not? Right. But it felt, we felt more confused than like, Oh man, was this crazy red herrings left and right? I still can't tell. I don't know who to trust. There's none of that. Yeah. And, no. and it's just very like the fact that, yeah. that like, yeah, the high school kids, like the main one that like, I mean, I think all those relations are pretty accurate still like there are just like kids are assholes for no reason at all and like we certainly all like picked on the weird like you you always punch down in high school oh god it's awful allegra poor allegra oh she threw herself down a flight of stairs because we all made fun of her so much oh yeah jesus i mean it was bad all right so you can't remake carrie but you can make allegra (laughs) I I wonder about her a lot. I guess that's who I would have asked uh, my my boyfriend to take. He wouldn't have done it in a thousand years, and I'm proud of him for that. But <laughs> yeah, he pushed her down. <laughs> that's fucked up. I'm sorry. That's uh, but I that's uh, it, it's really crazy. There's some stuff I was mentioning, like yeah, my that last episode that it's my 20th high school reunion would be this year. So it's just caused me, you know, been, there's been more like Facebook interactions with people from high school and that kind of thing. And it is wild. There's sometimes I think back and I'm like, man, we were all at, everyone was a monster just like to each other, even though like people were largely got along, you know, there wasn't really like, it just, it's just not a good time. People draw these crazy lines for no oh, yeah. reason at all. It so it tracks. Anyway, I also but that that thing about oh and the um random there's these super long scenes like yeah. that are these crazy long cuts. Yeah. And then there is of course uh the thing we had to look up to make sure it wasn't a fuck up with the stream was the two seconds of fast forwarded video in the uh in the tux shop. Yeah. Uh, what? That it makes was so so weird. I, How can that be allowed to persist through throughout history? And what was yeah, maybe maybe uh we can dig a little deeper and find out why that was not edited out. It seems crazy. So, anyway, I whatever and let, like yeah, there were now a lot that you of, know, it's yeah. just hard to like get around. But it like the set piece that you're waiting for is great. And um, it's not really a story that gets. It's also a movie that wouldn't get made. This you could put this on a list of movies that wouldn't get made, right? Because this is a. Um, this would be the closest modern example of this would be like. Um, we should. We need to talk about Kevin, mm-hmm. right? It's because this is a movie about yeah, yeah, a beaten down kid that attacks their school. Yeah, that it is a school shooting movie. But you know. I like the I like the the end. I also disagree with the notion that Sue is going to forget about this, um, as Doctor Schneider tells her mother at the end of the movie. Yeah, she's I mean, young. It's not likely she's going to forget all her whole school, uh, most of her teachers and her friends dying in a fiery blaze. Um, not likely. 
Unlikely. Yeah, there were a lot of like weird tonal things in this movie where like John Travolta and Nancy Allen are like driving for a date. It's where he drinks the foamy PBR. And and she's like, it's like a 50s movie. Like, it's so weird. They're listening to like 50s music. She's yeah. like combing her hair and like doing her lipstick. And it's like, wait, what? What? Yeah. And they're all like uh, whatever people called that in the th- cruising yeah. down the boulevard. On a Friday night, throwing beers to each other. Oh, and then he slaps the shit out of her also. He slaps her, and then she's, like, so weird to him. Like, oh, it's bizarre and really, I don't know, it's really fucked up. Yeah, I don't, yeah. So So. the end, the the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie really pull a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And I think that the mom, for how crazy she is, like, there are a lot of great things with her that i i just like you know i love it it's like yeah i you know and something i kind of struggled with rewatching it this time is like carrie's reactions to her mom there was um i think just paying trying to pay attention to like the the one true like parent child dynamic in the movie watching it more so that like um how immediately it's kind of weird how like immediately confident carrie is in her telekinetic abilities Mm -hmm. and how quick she really is to stand up to her mom, Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem to track with everything else we know about her. And, but like the second she recognizes and reads this one book about miracles and telekinesis that she's, you know, it's like, Oh no, I, this is my world now kind of thing. But then it's still like awkward in high school. Again, I just think like, there'd be a more compelling way to to play that or just to, well, I'm not sure, but I kind of like it too. It's because it's also still like, it's it's tighter in so many ways. Um, it I think it goes right along with her like emotional journey. Mm. I think that she, she does it as like a fight or flight thing a lot. Yeah, okay. And, and it does, it does get stronger as the movie goes on. Like at first she can't really control it. And then, right. you know, or I, I don't think that she is discovering this power. See, I think that she's had it for a while, but I think she's just like using it now that she's been pushed to a limit. Like after the shower scene, she makes a kid fall on his bike. Right. And um, and like the the ashtray in the in the principal's office, you know, it's like I think that there is a build to it. But yeah, I mean, she's I think they lay a good groundwork for her getting to the point where she's out at the movie because she doesn't yeah she doesn't like give in right away to her mom right and it it kind of speaks to like the nature of the abuse isn't like so her mom isn't so abusive to her that she won't say that to her like she is still has like a loving side right like, so yeah she's not her, her mom's prisoner right she will say and she does that's true She'll okay like, i like hold that me yep. at the end so you can kind of see how mm-hmm. that could happen but. and and that like she even earlier on is not afraid to say like no but i want to do this is still like willing to at least like try to say her piece mm-hmm. and knows about her dad that he ran off it's not like you're you know she's not a like a mm. cult victim and like living in a bunker or something yeah she's, yeah, yeah yeah okay she's not right. like totally that scared um okay so let's rate the kids quote unquote mm-hmm. um 
Okay. How many 25 cent feminine products do you give the kids in this movie? Um, that's how much they cost in the little... in the fifties. <laughs> in my in day, the in could... the machines, yes, they still it still will say like twenty five cents. That's pretty um, wild. There's been no inflation. It's good though. You yeah, I mean they should quarter. be free. So, yeah. okay, so out of fifty, and you know how they're throwing them at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's a whole stack. It's a whole. It's a full machine that they can just rip the front face off of. I mean, boy, I. I'm going to rate Carrie. Okay. That's fair. Because, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. I'll take the whole high school bunch. It's like a 40 out of... I mean, you can can say Carrie. She's great. Sissy Spacek is the perfect casting, despite the fact that she is 27. She's perfect. You buy her in every phase of her own journey. I think it's just like so clear who she is in like my own world you know i can picture exactly who she is in high school i can picture who she like even like the cinderella turn for the prom or whatever like oh wow who knew she's beautiful even that works and that like yeah just it's it's good she's excellent and she sells all these weird long cuts and everything else Mm -hmm. So, so yeah she's it's pretty perfect yeah 49 out of 50. <laughs> you can't win them all. <laughs> Got to keep one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For a rainy day. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll meet you there at 49. Sure. Keep it easy. All right. Moving on. Moving on. We have uh, Kids Are Creepy All Right. Mm, still don't have a button for this, but we could. Well, it's okay. We'll make it quick. We got to wrap it on up here, Mummy and Diddy. It's bedtime for... Mummy and Diddies. That's right. And all the kitties. Um, yeah. But, and yes. So, yeah, but I'm a little scared to go to bed tonight, Josh. Oh, boy. Tell me why. Okay. Tell me why. Should have so, that. <laughs> no, I like it when you sing it. Okay. Um, for the past few nights, uh, Wu has been getting up at about 3.30, give or take. 3.32, I don't know what's waking him up. It's Amityville Horror. It's the same exact <laughs> yes, time every oh night. Oh, no. Um, but maybe it's just his body clock and he has to pee. And it's always something. He, he He's crying or whatever. And it's always something like, I I, I hit my head on, the, on my bed or right. whatever. And then he goes to pee and he's fine. Um, and so I usually, when the kids cry in the middle of the night, I usually get up because I'm closer to our door and it's just like a straight shot down the hallway to their door. And I don't know. I feel like I wake up easier than you do uh-huh. anyway. So that was happening. And one night that it happened, like I fell back asleep and I hear, I mean, in the same way that I, that I hear him wake up crying, I hear mom, which is something we would do, mm-hmm. you totally. know, a loud whisper. Yeah, yeah. This is not you being quiet for the podcast. That is exactly what he would do. Yeah. Loud Mom! Whisper. Like that. And even as I'm like getting up to investigate, I'm like thinking to myself, it's weird that I didn't hear the door open. Cause usually like if their door opens, I, that would wake me up. Mm-hmm. 
and it was closed and he was asleep. Mm-mm. And then it happened again. So I don't know if it's like something that is waking me up that kind of sounds like that or I don't know. It is so creepy. And I know like your mind plays tricks on you. You're half asleep, whatever. But like something that would wake me up like that, you know, like I'm so tuned into them. Oh, my God. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. The fact that it's now happened more than once is the creepiest part about that. Yeah. It's happened twice. In this this week. Yeah. For our listeners. I know it's been a while since we've. Yeah. You've heard from us. So we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. If you if you don't get an episode twenty two, <laughs> the house ate us. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not Anna Newell's revenge, but um <laughs> no Anna Newell um activity so far unless this is uh Is that what you're hearing maybe? Ananiwa saying its own name? No, it's saying Mom. Maybe it's your child. Ananiwa? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's very possible. <laughs> We're living in an age of succubi and demon sperm. Could Are we? Not... Oh, yeah. It... Am I missing something? Yeah, I guess so. There is a whole Trumpy bullshit. The, oh, the, the demon sperm. Of course. Yes, yeah. of course. Sorry. I'm trying not I, to I was, speak yeah. its name. I trying to think about 45 when we do the mommy and diddy. Um, okay. So just one little quick scary good stuff before sure. we sign off. You want me to do this one? Yeah. Go All for right. It. I'm going to give you a double whammy, actually. Double whammo, I might even say, because we met some friends for a social distance park hang this weekend and they brought with them. They have a, a daughter the same age as Wu. And. Um, they brought with them a giant foam flying disc called a BMO flying disc. It's enormous and it is soft, but the kids can whip it around. Even Boo had a couple of good throws with it. And our friend's daughter was like a master with, it was, it was so cool to see. And just like, everyone's having fun. That was the coolest. I was like the first time I can remember. It's the first time in months, really. That like with the kids doing something. Mm Mm-hmm like what you call kind of sporty where it doesn't devolve into like just rolling around or them screaming, crying because someone took the ball or whatever. Yeah. Um, They were just having fun in the park, throwing it around and I it was really great. So anyway, BMO flying disc, totally recommend it for young and old alike. You can throw it, you can huck it pretty far. I think if you really wanted to get wild, like it's an aerobie or something. Um, We're going to, the other part of this, summer fun activity is we have been making our way through a little show on Netflix called floor is lava. It's just a delight. The kids love it. They have in this bizarre meta twist of fate, they have learned the playing that the floor or ground is lava from the Netflix show. The floor is lava. Um, Great fun for the whole family, pretty free of innuendo and foul language. It's even in the kids feed of Netflix. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty safe. Anyway, uh it's 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 a it's a gay old time. It's from the it's like um kind of like a, a guts legends of the hidden temple vibe but with adults going through an obstacle course where the floor is lava. 
pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Kids get the rules. They love it. They get the excitement. It's so fun. Yeah. And it, it has really encouraged them to to play it and like be climbing on things, which is good or bad. But like they. It's good. They Any love physical it. activity for them these days is great. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, highly recommend it. Hopefully there's a season two coming. Hopefully they figure out a way to produce that thing in a socially distant, physically distant fashion. That would be excellent. Yes. I'd watch another season of this in a heartbeat. Yes. It's got some serious carry vibes with all that fire and brimstone. That's true. That'll be the next season. will be totally explicit. The kids won't be able to watch it. The shower is going to be the first level they do. <laughs> um, but speaking of which, don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can find us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeddy.com. You can email us at mummyxdeddy at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeddy. We are on Instagram at mummyxdeddypod. You can leave us a voicemail, 818-839-1991. If you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a pair of prom shoes that are both stylish and comfortable. You can wear all night long. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Gee, I can't wait till I go to hikes. Well, don't you say that. Don't you ever say that. Stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God, cherish it. Jennifer, why don't you try reading out loud for a minute, okay? You gotta cherish it. You do. Hmm.